Greetings, and welcome to Product Management Meets Pop Culture, the podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cummings, and thank you for joining me. In this episode, we'll look at a hot topic in product management, outsourcing, revel in the best comic book I've read recently, and talk about an important moment in modern TV history, for real, that you might have missed, all in 10 minutes or less. This episode's hot topic comes to us from a recent thread on LinkedIn about outsourcing product management. Does outsourcing a critical function of the business, like product management, make sense? Does industry or corporate philosophy play a role? Those seem to be key questions shaping the discussion on the 280 Group's board on LinkedIn. At the time I'm recording this, there are over 30 comments in the thread, and the conversation is spilled over to Twitter and to various blogs. In a discussion like this, battle lines are drawn pretty quickly. No quarter asked, no quarter given, Chris Claremont style. But if you step back, you can see valid points on both sides. As some pointed out, there are situations where outsourcing makes sense, especially on a consultancy basis. For example, to help establish a functional product management org and then turn the keys over to a permanent internal PM authority. Otherwise, a lot's going to depend on the company's needs and its definition of product management. That can be hard to hear, but it's the truth. If product management, as defined by the company, is more tactical than strategic, is more about prioritizing features than understanding and communicating market realities, If it's more about project management or end-of-life notifications, then outsourcing what that company calls product management might make sense. Now, is that what I'd call product management? No, and that's one of the reasons I don't work for a company like that. If you're interested in following or participating in this discussion, a link to this and everything we're talking about today can be found in the show notes for this episode at ChristopherCummings.com. Now, let's talk comics. As you might have guessed by some of the imagery and metaphors at Product Management Meets Pop Culture, I'm a little bit of a comic book nerd, which means every week I visit my local comic shop, I buy a stack of books, and select the most interesting one to share with all of you. Well, not really. I mean, that last part is is now true, I guess, as of this episode. But anyway, this episode's pick of the week was Amazing Spider-Man number 617. It's written by Joe Kelly, with pencils by Max Famara, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, and published by Marvel Comics. Amazing Spider-Man is published three times a month and costs $3.99 an issue. That's a lot of money to spend on a comic in general, I know, and Spider-Man in particular. And every few months I consider dropping this title from my pull list because, at that pace and price, it's inevitable that a clunker comes out and it makes me question my entire relationship with this book. Then, you get an issue like Amazing Spider-Man 617, and it reminds me what this book can be and convinces me to stick around. In this issue, another of Spidey's classic villains gets an overhaul. This time it's the Rhino. Unlike what's recently been done with Electro and Sandman, the overhaul doesn't include amping up his powers or tweaking his criminal motivation. Instead, Kelly humanizes the man inside the Rhino costume, transforming Alexei Sitsevich into a reformed, happily married man, working as a security guard at a casino. To balance that out, Kelly introduces a new, more menacing Rhino character who wants to kill Alexei so he, or she I guess, can claim their place as the one true Rhino. After a confrontation that involves using live horses as weapons, I know, Alexei resigns himself to getting back into his old costume so he can protect his wife and take down this new Rhino character. At that point, it's up to Spidey to stop Alexei from making a tragic mistake. And the way that beat plays out is both unusual and, and frankly, stunning. Kelly offers an emotional, heartfelt resolution 
and gives us something we rarely see in any form of entertainment, a powerful scene of forgiveness. That, plus the action, the dialogue, and the art, makes Amazing Spider-Man number 617 my pick of the week. Okay, I'm putting a spoiler warning on this. If you like Doctor Who and haven't watched the most recent episodes, stop listening right now, come back later. Otherwise, end of spoiler warning. So, it's no secret I have a deep affection for the British sci-fi show Doctor Who. This month saw the end of actor David Tennant's tenure as the Doctor, and it was brilliant. For those of you who don't know, Doctor Who is a BBC show about an alien who travels through space and time, sometimes alone, usually with someone from Earth. The Doctor, real name unknown, tends to stumble into bad situations and try to fix them. He also has a trick, which has let this show air for nearly 30 years. We'll let a previous incarnation of the Doctor explain. You're not making sense. I might never make sense again. I might have two heads or no head. <laughs> Imagine me with no head. And don't say that's an improvement. But it's a bit dodgy, this process. You never know what you're going to end up with. Don't stay away! Tell me what's going on. I absorbed all the energy, the time vortex, and no one's meant to do that. Every cell in my body's dying. Can't you do something? Yeah, I'm doing it now. Time Lords have this little trick. It's sort of a way of cheating death. Except... It means I'm going to change. And I'm not going to see you again. Not like this. Not with this daft old face. Before I go... Don't say that. Rose. Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. That was Christopher Eccleston, last seen by U.S. audiences as Destro in last summer's G.I. Joe live-action movie, Don't Hold It Against Him. Anyway, over a year ago, it was announced that David Tennant was leaving Doctor Who, which started off two things. Speculation over who would be the new Doctor, the 11th, for those keeping score at home, and speculation of how Tennant would exit the role. The answer to the first question came on January 3, 2009, when it was announced actor Matt Smith would take over the role. The answer to the second question was revealed earlier this month in a two-part episode titled The End of Time. This was an incredibly dark tale for Doctor Who, as the Tenth Doctor faces his final fate alongside his human companion played by Bernard Cribbins, fantastic actor. Russell Davies, the head writer and executive producer, whose tenure with the show also came to a close with these two episodes, promised in interviews that there wouldn't be a dry eye in the house at the conclusion of this story, and he wasn't kidding. I'm sorry. But just leave me. Okay, right then, I will. Because you had to go in there, didn't you? You had to go and get stuck, oh yes. Because that's who you are, Wilfred. You were always this. Waiting for me all this time. The story itself involves a madman's plan to destroy humanity, the return of a threat from beyond space and time, 
and even co-stars, former 007 Timothy Dalton as one of the bad guys. But in the end, it wasn't aliens or robots or any threat from beyond time and space that doomed the Tenth Doctor. It was his love for humanity and for this particular companion that cost him his life. The last 20 minutes give us something we've never seen in a regeneration before. Time to actually deal with the impending change, with what's essentially a death, and see this doctor tie up loose ends, bring his story to a close before sending us off to meet the next actor to fill his shoes. All in all, it was a gripping finale. It's available on iTunes through BBC America in standard and high definition, and I recommend you check it out. Well, that's the cloister bell. I can feel my body starting to regenerate, so I think it's time to go. Show notes for this episode are available at ChristopherCummings.com. Questions or comments, feel free to email me at Chris at ChristopherCummings.com. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can join me on Twitter. My username there is ChrisCummings01, or you can call me on Skype. My Skype name also, ChrisCummings01. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. I don't want to go.